Welcome to the Parenting Balance Podcast. My name is Kelly Williams. I'm a licensed clinical social worker and an ADHD parenting expert by experience. I'm here with my partner. Hi, I'm Teresa Van Pelt. I'm a licensed mental health counselor and anxiety parenting expert by experience. And for the past 10 years, Kelly and I have had a family practice in Florida. This podcast is for parents who want to really understand what's going on with ADHD and anxiety so you can ditch the chaos and feel confident and happy again. Hi, welcome back. Today, I had a phone call from a mom who is in tears. So her child was just diagnosed with anxiety by the pediatrician, and the pediatrician told her that she needed to find a therapist who uses CBT. So she was calling me and asking me if I did CBT. Let me guess. She has no idea what she CBT had is. no idea what it was. And so I had to explain <laughs> it to her. Exactly. So and this was kind of perfect timing for us because this is Yeah. This we're, is something we're we're asked a lot. Yeah, we get asked a lot and it inspired this episode of our podcast to lay it out there for everybody. What is CBT and why does everybody want you to find a therapist who can do it? Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. sure you've heard of it. If you don't know what it is, you've at least heard of heard of it. Sure. So CBT stands for Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. And um, what do you think, like 20 years ago, maybe? was when uh, That it, was evidence-based practice, right? Yeah, that was around the time where insurance companies were, you know, requiring less sessions. You know, they were really pushing the therapist to mm-hmm. get the job done in a quicker period amount of time, time, quicker sure. amount of time. And so CBT, or Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, was... Um, an evidence-based practice. Yeah. It was one of the it first studies a lot. Yeah. It's a, um, it's a technique or let's, uh, let's like explain what it is. Yeah. Right. So, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy is, it's a, a type of talk therapy where the therapist explores how the client thinks about their problems and then, um, helps them identify their flawed thinking. Yeah. So give us some examples of flawed thinking. Okay. So it would be kind of inaccurate thoughts like often, because I see kids with anxiety, often a child will come to me and say that they can't sleep in their own bed because they're afraid someone's going to break in their into their bedroom on the second store in the second floor and steal them, take them away from their family. So it's like totally unrealistic. Right. Right. Like something that never could actually happen. But it's this thought in their brain that keeps happening again and again and again. And they are convinced that it's possible because it has happened so many times. Yes. And so that's inaccurate thinking. Yeah. And so a CBT session around that would involve what? So a session that I, this is, I've done this. I can do this with my eyes closed while having... (laughs) A root canal. (laughs) It's just like, it's so common. So what I would do is I would say, okay, well, how would they get into your house? And they would say the front door. You know, they they say different things, but the front door. Okay, well, do you guys leave your door unlocked? Oh, no, we lock it. Okay, so how would they get in? So we, we, we explore that. So you basically, you go through all the flaws in their thinking, in the thinking, and you kind of break them down one by one. And at the end of the session, the ideal is that the client says, oh, gosh, you're right. That could, mm-hmm. that's unreasonable. It's, and the thing that is how really likely, happen. 
So you don't want to tell them that they're wrong, but they have to come up with it on their own. Like, how likely do you think that this is going to happen in the end is yeah. kind of what we say. Yeah. So. Okay. So that's an example of CBT for this one kind of flawed thinking. Um, There's a different kind of flawed thinking also, and that would just be like a mother who feels like I'm a failure. Like, I can't even get my kids yeah, to school like in the morning. All or nothing. Yeah. Right? Like, you can only think about the negative things that are happening in your life, mm-hmm. and it that... All the negative overtakes all your thoughts. And there's like a million little positive things that are happening that you're doing. But it that never enters in to balance out the negative, right? Right. So we call that all or nothing. All or nothing. Thinking. There's another one is um, overgeneralizing. And this is, you know, I think about like with husbands and wives. You <laughs> always leave the dishwasher for me Dude, to unload. Exactly. Or <laughs> I am so good at that one. Yes, yes. Oh, man. Anytime the word always comes out of your mouth, you're overgeneralizing. Right. Or you never... Give me a kiss goodbye. Yes. <laughs> so always and nevers are red flags. Uh-huh. All right. What's another kind of flood thinking? Um, like labeling ourselves. Like, um, I'm such an idiot. I'm oh, so stupid. Oh, man. Okay, so this is the one that I see all the time mm-hmm. with my kids with ADHD, right? And so remember that article. I'm going to probably talk about this article on every single podcast episode, but the 500 times more corrective feedback, right? What happens when every single time you do something, somebody says, oh, no, it's not exactly right. Fix it, right? And then this idea comes in like, I can never do anything right. I'm an idiot. I'm not smart. I'm not this. I'm not that. Right. And so that is kind of in part this kind of thinking, but it um, it's so close to the reality. Right. So it's really I think it's really hard sometimes when you have a non neurotypical brain and you're trying to function in a neurotypical environment because you're reinforced, which is what, you know, right. The academic environment is. Right. Um, How do I convince a child that you know, this is actually flawed thinking and not really real. And I probably shouldn't talk about this in this this episode, but I think that CBT has a lot of value and I use it often in mm-hmm. my sessions, but I don't really use it by itself. I think that it's helpful, mm-hmm. but it doesn't get to the emotional piece. Oh, I'm so with you, man. Yep. All right. So here's the deal. Emotions are not logical. CBT is based on logic. Right. You cannot think yourself out of these strong emotional kind of thoughts. I find that there's a percentage, you know, because the population I work with is kids. There's a percentage of kids who are able to have a handful of sessions and that works for them. And my son was actually one of those when he was younger. Uh, we would challenge a lot of his thoughts. And he tells me now that he, because he, he's a very logical mm-hmm, person. Mm-hmm. And so he thinks through everything with logic and that helped him. But there's still mm-hmm. a, a large portion that it doesn't help or it reduces things a little bit. Mm-hmm. It reduces the symptoms a little bit, but... 
-hmm. there's more that remain. So this is where I kind of go to the wise mind. Um, I have like this session where I do, and it's always talking about the wise mind, right? And it has to do with neurology because that's my thing is about the brain science. And so CBT is a kind of a talk therapy that... Um, basically the basis of it is that how we, how you think about something impacts how you feel about something, which impacts how you behave about that thing. And it's like, think of these things in a circle, right? Because, um, it's all, you know, you can have a feeling and then a thought and then a behavior or a thought and then a behavior and then a feeling or, <laughs> right? And I'm sure so people can connected. Re- can people can relate like they're in that circular pattern and they can't get out of it. Mm-hmm. That's right. But here's the part of the neuroscience that we need to understand, I think, is that the part of the brain that processes the feeling is always going to arrive in consciousness a split second faster than your logic. And that part is more primitive. That's right. Than the logical part of our brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that part of the brain, it's called the amygdala. And it is, um, you know, it's just, it's how the brain evolved. Um, Logic was, right, so think about cavemen, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, Back in the day, we didn't have, we had danger, no danger, and there was no logic. You didn't, you know, you saw the shadow. It could be a saber-toothed tiger. It could kill me. You didn't logic that out. You responded to that immediately, you know. Now, in later time, as humans evolved, we developed the logic, the balancing out, the thinking it through piece of it. But because that developed later, the, um, the sensory input into the brain today, it will always, your, your emotional response will always hit your consciousness a split second faster than your logic. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? And then here's the other thing is that Um, from evolution, humans have a negative bias, what we call a negative bias. And so um, that was that we will always assume danger before safety. And that was to keep us safe, right? Because you can't, if it really was a saber-toothed tiger, it's better for you to run. (laughs) Yeah, and you thought, well, maybe I'll just check it out. Guess what? You're dead. Mm -hmm. So in order for our species to evolve, we have to assume danger first. And so we see that kind of a lot right now when you have hypercognition, which is what's kind of happening with ADHD, where your thoughts are going faster, kind of than, you know, a neurotypical, right? There's no space there to let the logic enter in. We are actually reacting to to the emotions. emotions and we're not thinking it through. So a lot of times the CBT in the ADHD kind of therapy is about the pause. How do I get the pause there so that we can just wait a split second for the logic to come in and for us to kind of evaluate this emotional response before we go on to the behavior? And it's good if CBT can address it this way, if there's something that can help minimize that emotion Mm. to bring that emotion down so that the logic part kicks in. Okay. So you're sort of um, implying or (laughs) I'm kind of biased too. (laughs) So Teresa has discovered this amazing 
um, therapy, right? EFT. And we have done a whole episode about it. Um, but let's talk just for a second, right? Because yeah, how what we use EFT it. is, is tapping therapy. And the tapping is tapping on acupressure points. And it, it helps your brain regulate because um, we talked in earlier podcasts about how what ADHD is, is a, it's not a deficit of attention. It's a deficit of regulation. And this being able to um, have the timing be right between the sensory experience, between the emotional experience, and then the thinking experience, that's related to the regulation. So this tapping therapy is one thing that we have absolutely discovered. I tell kids, when I'm working with kids, it's like it turns the volume down on the emotional experience. So you know how like when you jump in your car and you've left the radio too loud and you turn the car on and you don't remember that and it's like, <laughs> like <laughs> and even the sound is, can be a little distorted. If it's, uh, if it's too loud, you can't even hear what it is. Your body is just reacting in shock to this loud sound. So non-neurotypical brains respond to the, um, to the feeling part of their sensory experience, sometimes as if it's too loud and it can be distorted. Like their reaction is so fast, they can't even figure out what what it is, what the problem is, it just sets the alarm bells off in the body. So the tapping, when we tap through those kind of experiences, it has the effect of turning the volume down. Yes? Yeah. And that's what we've seen. Yeah. It's a remarkable. We've seen that it's been um, really helpful with your your clients. I refer the, everybody for yeah. EFT. Everyone. Yeah. So the combination... Of CBT and EFT. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we advocate, right? Definitely. So understanding the feeling, thinking, behavior connection, but also understanding that um, the feeling part of it, when it comes in too loud, we have to address that or else the thinking part of it can't, we can't even get to that part, you know? And so that, you know, it's all about the balance. Yeah. So I think what's important as a takeaway today is to be aware Mm -hmm. of your thoughts. Sure. And when you're, you know, falling into any of those patterns that we talked about, like the all or nothing thinking, the um, overgeneralizing. Catastrophizing. Catastrophizing. That you just... First, number one, become aware of it. And then number two, try to think of how it can be reasonable, mm-hmm. right? So I always say negative to neutral. We can't like, you know, you can't go negative to positive mm-hmm. because that's like, phew, who does that? That's a that? big jump. Yeah, too big. Negative to neutral. So um, I'm really worried that I'm going to screw up this big talk I have to do on a podcast tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Right? Sounds familiar. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, What would be neutral? The podcast is going to be hard, but I am going to do my best. And I have done X amount of podcast episodes prior to this. I've done them. Nobody is calling me and telling me it's awful. 
and I'm going to be okay. And I've talked about this subject for 20 years. Well, maybe not 20 <laughs> years, but a long time. Well, that's time. the truth. That's yeah. the truth. Okay. Yeah. So uh, let's do one for parents, right? Like when you wake up in the morning, okay, I used to do this all the time, the dread. Now, we don't have to go to school right now because of the quarantine, but there were days when I woke up and it was like, oh, God, is she going to get dressed on time? I mean, right? Like, and the dread would just set in, okay? And that's a total setup for having a terrible morning. Trust me. Been there, done that a million times. So the negative to neutral is going to be, it might be hard. I'm going to follow my plan. She's going to get up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like. And she okay. gets up every day. <laughs> yeah. If she does, if it doesn't work out, it's not, you know, it's not going to affect me personally. This is her, you know, I don't know. How do you? And then that just helps us refine it for the future. Mm-hmm. We refine the plan. Mm-hmm. So it's kind yeah. of testing the plan. So I will say this, that um, I am an advocate of something I call positive self-talk. And I do this because I know that humans have that negative bias. So I know that we lean negative, if you will, in our thinking. And so my strategy for kind of balancing that out is to insert positive ideas, like in the simplest way possible. So So give examples of where you insert that in your life. All right. So for example, my screensaver, let me look at it and read to you what my screensaver says. I have to clear all these things off of here. Things are always working out for me. So every time I turn on my phone and there aren't a million notifications, my phone says to me, things are always working out for me. The other thing I found, this was five years ago. I actually got an email from, I think it's called Think Up. It's an app and um, it's like a reminder app, but I would put my positive self-talk into the subject line. And it randomly sends me an email. And so the other day I got an email that says, I am enough. And I scheduled that email to be sent to me over five years ago. I love it. And, and it's, it's still, still arriving. Today. <laughs> and I have never turned it off, man. Every time I get that email, I'm like, yeah, I am enough. I love this. Right? So the other thing um, that I coach my teenagers to do all the time is to set an alarm on their phone for a time of day. Like we all kind of have like a dip in our day. We have like a low energy point for Three Mm o'clock. I was just (laughs) going to say it's three o'clock. Yes. Which it happens to coincide with the time that I used to be sitting in the car pickup line, you know, total you know, recipe for disaster. So I would set an alarm and name the alarm, you know, like I have an alarm called, I can do hard things. I can stay positive, even though I don't like this. Um, You know, so whatever it is, I can, I'm going to be happy today. We have a sign over top of the coffee pot that says, make today awesome. And the shirt that you're wearing right now. Oh, uh, yes. Mind over matter. That's the CBT motto. Yep. And mine says heavily meditated. We should totally do an episode about the benefits of meditation. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think we're good for today. We're at 19 minutes and we don't want our episodes to be too long. Um, so cognitive behavioral therapy. 
is a kind of a talk therapy that explores how you are thinking about what's happening and how you're thinking about what's happening affects how you're feeling about what's happening. And that's because we know from the science that how you think, how you feel, and how you behave is all linked together. Um, the Teresa Kelly wisdom is that we got to combine CBT with EFT <laughs> to have the most efficient and effective Absolutely. Treatment. Absolutely. And so we're going to give you an awesome podcast on the next episode that's all about EFT. Because I bet you half, at least, of the people who are listening to this right now have no idea what EFT is. Right. All right. And check out our podcast community on Ooh, Facebook. Yeah, we started yes. a new group. You guys, join our group. Join our group. Yep, join our join group. group. Okay. It's um, Parenting Balance podcast community on Facebook. We would love to have you there. You can make uh, suggestions for future episodes, ask yeah. questions. Like we want to hear from you. Yeah. We, please, please, please. We're social. Yeah. Talk to us. Do it. And we're learning and we're not so great at this. So come on, help girl, help us out. <laughs> help us out. <laughs> help the girls out. All right. That's all for now. All right. So remember that your takeaway for today is that it's really important to balance out your negative bias with positive self-talk. You can do that by um, creating a message for yourself as a screensaver, using different apps to send yourself reminders, or naming an alarm, something positive that you need to train your brain to think about. If getting the kids up and out the door on time in the morning seems more difficult than it should be, then I have something that can help. Jump on over to parentingbalance.com slash guide to download your free guide to mastering morning madness. That's parentingbalance.com slash guide so you can ditch the morning chaos for good. Thank you so much for listening to the Parenting Balance podcast. And until next time, remember different isn't wrong. <laughs>